0: What is up, everybody? We are back. We are on episode 28, and I'm sitting down with El Jefe Edwin Paredes, nice who one. I managed to track down. Edwin, thank you for making time and carving out some time for us down here in San Diego to come on.
1: Thank you for the invitation. Love uh-huh. being around all you guys in San Diego. Pete's a good friend. Sergio, a good friend. Kevin is one of the ones that I wanted to do. So. Awesome. Thank you for the invite.
0: We've had we've had your name circled for a while. I told you that. Thank you, you for that. that. Yeah. And dude, Appreciate I... I gotta admit, I always try preparing as best as possible for these podcasts while yeah. also keeping it organic. Yeah. But preparing for you is because, I mean, following you alone on social media, and since we're involved on a business level, yeah. and started doing a lot more stuff over the years, there wasn't really a, 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 a preparation i could go through because there's yeah. so much i feel like you're involved in sure and i know i had to give sergio the warning like dude flag me down at an hour yeah. because there's so much that i'm excited to cover all mm. that you're involved in right now thank you so i i even more appreciate you taking the time no
1: no it's an honor and a pleasure and i hadn't been here since everything started with this whole covet thing so i it's a great reason to come see my friends and just hang out and uh just enjoy the beautiful city like uh in general like i hadn't been in san diego for over a decade until i started talking to you guys mm-hmm. i just i'm an la guy so um, when i got the opportunity to come see what you guys were building i fell in love with it instantly and you guys are so welcoming and just good vibes all around so i was like I'm gonna invite some friends over come check it out and everybody gets the same response so totally. I mean, when you guys say like come hang out for a chat like that's an easy
0: call it's that's, a simple drive that's right and it's funny cuz i was trying to remember back because it was definitely at one of our events at Sunburn that we first met. Yeah. And I think you met some of our, our team and my partner first. But I want to say it was 2018, 2018, 2017.
1: Something like that. It's been a couple of years I've been hanging with you guys now, which yeah. I love.
0: And I think I, I must have had everybody who was everybody come up and be like, I'll oh, like introduced you. And then without you there told me, oh, that's Edwin. He runs DJ. I said, yes, Edwin. They all yeah, gave me like funny. a background report. That's funny. And, you know, you've been in this industry for a long time. So you get like, you know, people will give you two cents on this person what that person does but then after watching the let these last couple of years i feel like even the report they gave i'm like okay this guy this guy is important nah. now i've watched I'm like oh my god this guy's <laughs> got so much going on Jesus. <laughs> it's
1: a fun ride dude and and thank you for that and uh the thing about your team it's funny how we all met uh i think uh shake who's front of the roster mm-hmm. met danny west who's my uh, at the time he was the texas regional rep for dj city um and and See, the thing about DJ City, not to jump too many train tracks, but when it started off as a record store and we used to sell records and needles and headphones and it used to get shipped around the planet. So we uh, years ago when the partners before I came along started it, they built a huge database of just people, DJs around the planet. Mm. when we saw like um, this kind of MP3 digital revolution on the DJ uh, culture um we were one of the first ones we weren't the first i'll admit that but maybe like second or third to kind of jump on board and say we should create like a a a digital version of what the record store is and The guys that, that ran it, it was really small and lean, um, used to be inside of a record store in LA, it was called Rehab Records, and there was a shop in the back that would ship the records, and I would actually be a customer for years just ordering and buying. Um, fast forward a couple of years, uh, Serato revolutionized everything for us in the industry. We needed to still get those intro edits and transitions and bootlegs, but we didn't need the vinyl versions because we couldn't fly with those crates anymore. We Sure. But the, 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 that program just changed everything for all of us and allowed us to see the world and play in different clubs. Um, I remember that uh, uh, I, as a DJ, I got involved. I, I used to have a day job. I used to do uh, accounts payable for a law firm. That's Okay. What I, so super technical, nerdy stuff. <laughs> I would just, uh, and I got that just by hustling because before that, I, I was like an assistant to like a real estate person. I was just always doing the assistant admin job. It was pretty good with just like regular kind of, um, Microsoft office and word and stuff like that. <clears throat> when I got that job, I, I was like, I don't know anything about counting, but I'll, I'll pretend I do get the job and then I'll figure it out. Figuring it out has always kind of been the little gift I get, uh, yep. where I'll just find a, a accounting for dummies or DJing for dummies, whatever I needed to do to kind of hustle and learn. Um, so when the, the opportunity to build DJ city came along, I, I got hired to kind of speak to the labels and speak to the artists and be like, Hey, we're building something, give us this content and we'll give you feedback. And that was the interaction mm. um, because we had this huge database of DJs that followed us up until then. Uh, fast forward a couple of years later, we kind of really killed it in the LA scene and Hollywood and all of our friends were doing all the great Hollywood spots. We're also doing all the Vegas spots and it started to go across the country. Mm. Um, they became members, and I just came became the music director just because I, as a DJ, I had a decent ear to pick good music. Um, I knew that it was working in the states when people in different countries started to tap in and be like, "Can we work together?" That's and, cool. and that's when um, the the second place that we opened up was uh, uh, DJ City UK because I met our our who is still our current director DJ Play. You've met him before, yeah. yeah. Great Tattoos, guy. great dude. Yeah. yeah. But, but he went to school for like computer science and engineering. So he's like a brilliant kid himself. Mm-hmm. But if you see me, there's like Travis Parker's tied it up like crazy parties, but he's so smart.
0: Oh, we went out with him in Newcastle. When we were out there. He's, he's
1: a G he's, yeah, he's yeah. amazing. And, and I literally talked to him all the time and he was, like, I can build with your building in my version of the UK here. If you give me the formula. So we cut our own deals, made him a director. He found his own marketing directors, his music curators and whatnot. And it spread like wildfire in the UK. Then uh, some peers in Japan were like, we'd like to build one out here. And we are like, all right, cool. Let's cut a deal ourselves, figure out how we partner. They translated it into Japanese and and that exploded in Tokyo and Shibuya and it Mm. branched out there. Um, After that, I was kind of like, all right, I'm music directing from LA. I'm still kind of trying to DJ and I need to figure out how to scale this better. I realized I had to pick a a career. It was either gonna try to be a superstar DJ Mm -hmm. or build this little platform with the team. And I chose to build the platform. I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to be 40 and not secure. Cause yeah, DJs sure. in general, like I realized in the music industry, they don't really plan more than not even like uh, say a year, even six months ahead, like sure. which COVID kind of brought to light. Mm-hmm. Cause when everything happened, the entire DJ network stopped working, nightlife stopped working. And most of them, most of us didn't have, you know, that, residual income anymore. Uh, Luckily for me and the partners and the teams that I work with, we had already built this foundation and they Mm. could keep getting fed. They kept their insurance and, you know, they had a cushion to kind of land a little bit on, but the bulk of the people that I know just weren't working, so they needed to kind of pivot themselves. Um, So when I meet people like around the world that follow the DGCD brand, it's exciting because I'm just one of the guys that kind of grew up within the culture, but happened to have a a little niche that people kind of gravitated towards you know? totally. and and my thing was when I wanted to get into a record pool as a kid uh, a lot of the more seasoned DJs would say no you don't have any credibility you don't have any you're not on the stations you're not in any crew Or you don't, you're not a battle DJ and I remember I didn't like the way that felt so I made sure that whenever if I ever got the opportunity to put people on like to invite them in and if people like you know came across that way I would shun them away myself because mm-hmm. um, i believe in uh you know giving back you yeah, know, yeah and making sure that that people feel welcome so back to the original point when i would meet the san diego djs just because you guys are incredibly young talented you know djs and producers that are out here I, you know i just love talking to them and getting For notes sure. and getting ideas and soaking it up and bringing it back to the team and and I, and whenever an opportunity came my way it's the same model again you want to show on the station, you're killing it in the production, here's an opportunity here, blah, 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 blah. Because it always comes back. Mm-hmm. I've realized that a 1,000%. It always know, comes you back. You know what?
0: I, I feel like and hearing you say that, it makes total sense because the people, at least I've come across, and it's not a lot, but the people who, um, like the Danny West and the plays, the people who are with DJ City. Yeah. And I said this when we were over in the, in the U.K. Mm-hmm. last year several times. I feel like you had a hand in it. The, mm-hmm. We almost had a, a host in each city we went to that you yeah. set us up with. 1,000%. And, and I said to, to these guys, I'm like, man, because we have so many people who filter through San Diego that I walked away from because we were in Croatia, Croatia Newcastle, London, uh, uh, Scotland, Scotland Edinburgh. And, and, and every place we went to, there was someone from DJ City who met us. And the way they hosted us in the hospitality, not yeah. just like where we were going, like Tony yeah. was playing at and all that, it was everything else. Like the guy in, in Edinburgh, he came on the the haunted house the haunted tour with us yeah. and then play like was out and and the guy who took us through Manchester Stadium. G two, yeah. G two. Everywhere is like I walked away from like, man, I have to do a so much of a better job when people are coming to San Diego who like are handed off to us. Sometimes you just get so busy that you're like, Oh, I'm gonna pass on that dinner. I'm yeah, gonna pass yeah, yeah. on but everybody we've come across there has the hospitality. It has to be like a contagious from you on down. Uh,
1: no, thank you for that, for noticing that. Those guys are literally, they've been with us for a decade at this point and they're literally family and brother. You know, We go to their weddings, we, 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 we make sure that their families are good when they, they stay at my guest room or whatever we need to do to make sure we support each other. Cause uh, again, it goes back to that original mindset of when we wanted to get involved in these uh, companies and, and clicks or opportunities most of them were very hesitant and it's just like a territorial thing which Mm -hmm. i get it's just part of the game but i wanted to kind of flip it and make sure that uh anything that we associate ourselves with are welcoming and people can learn something and they can probably take it and grow it out better because what's Mm -hmm. the point of doing this at this crazy scale if we're not gonna leave something behind totally because eventually you know i don't want to retire from what we're building and let it see fall apart because the values weren't you know you know, built into it. You know, sure. someone else could take the you know the reins, and and they could not understand where we came from, and they could easily become that guy that shunned us early on. Which yeah, I yeah. think is you have to kind of ingrain people to be welcoming. And luckily, the people I run into are they're incredibly talented in so many different facets and businesses that they do. But most than any, more than anything, they're just nice people. Totally. You know, and and I and like when when they come here to, the, to um, you know, one of the details that you guys did is uh you guys create a jersey for some of those guys yeah, No, yeah. like to that that's a that's a huge yeah. blessing and they they think they're very thankful and they're very proud and and they, they they rock it around the world and it's like i think that was the synergy that i i understood when i met you guys um particularly when i was first talking to your partner kev he was like we're killing it we're doing great and i see it you guys are and he's like i want to get out of here and do a little more i want to build a little more and he kind of i like what you're doing with dj city globally i was like great I know nothing about the nightlife business. I know nothing about running a venue or putting mm. events together. I just get booked and I get to be around it, but I don't know the insides. So I was like, if you want to teach me some of that world, it's just so I can understand it better. I'll, I'll plug you in around the planet mm-hmm. as much as I can. And the thing is that, uh even since we met, like it just keeps growing and growing and growing. Yeah, and, yeah. and, and so opportunities are here, you know, and I, and I, and I'm glad that you guys are taking advantage of them because I want you guys to.
0: Yeah. It's funny. And it took me a little while, like, young getting into business to realize, um, you know, you, to get to certain finish lines, you can't do it on, on your own. Um, and, and it's almost like you, you get to the point where you don't want to do it on your own no, either. And, that You're have to share the baton with, with people along the way. But then when the time comes that you know you need some, some additional support like you, and, and we and we've, we've built this term on this show because we have so many people come on talking about this, this subject, and um, one guy coined it uh, building his relationship capital. Uh, you know, you can build your financial capital, but like the relationship capital, when you have that big venture or that big opportunity, yeah. you know, who you can call on sometimes more than who, like how much you can yeah. finance. Yeah. Sometimes it, it outweighs it.
1: A thousand percent. And and to that point, I, I my entire, it's funny because people are like, what do you do for a living? I'm like, I really don't know. I just kind of work <laughs> in music. That's uh-huh. what I do. I've, my passion is that I, I've decided to do that for as long as I can. And I want to go as far as I can in any part of the industry I get into. Uh, but in general, with the bulk of the successes and what I've been involved in comes from just working closely with teams that, you know, are, are forward thinkers and they're, they're positive and they deliver, mm-hmm. you know, because I think the other thing is like, um, and that it's just a good old saying is, you know, you got to value uh, time more than money in general, because mm-hmm. I, I when people ask me for my time and they invite me to something, I want to dedicate it because it's 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 important to them. and It's important to me. And also when people come to me and as crazy as my day is, I usually make sure that I I I stop what I'm doing, that I focus. You have to be able to be centered, centered um, in the moment. And I used to be one of those guys that forgot to focus in the moment. And I would think about next week, next month, next year, which is good. But you can't let it be your entire ecosystem. Like you have to like, you know, the details are important and being able to understand what's driving people is is it's probably the one thing that I got lucky to recognize early. Putting teams together, this guy or this girl is going to work well with this team or this department. Because I understand what their goals are. Mm-hmm. I understand what their what their skill sets is. And I understand what they, you know, everybody wants to reach something. And yeah, as yeah. long as you kind of identify what that is and you can put them towards that path, they're going to work 10 times harder for you. Because you don't want to be doing a job that's like mundane and not in the area creatively, at
0: least, that definitely. you want to be a part of. You know? So I'm really curious because what you said is definitely something that I feel like as of late trying to work on myself yeah and it's a it's one of the bigger challenges and now like putting myself in your shoes because the business you're in i feel like it's 24 7 and you're you're across the globe literally um when you said being there and not thinking about next week or thinking about that that's a challenge that i've i've recently recently been really trying to hone in on because i'll be sitting here talking to you and i'll think about what's worse you sometimes think about the past too like oh my god i had this fire breakout earlier today i wonder if it's still fixed. Is it so i'm not here and then i'm thinking about all this shit ahead mm. and i was hitting a point where i'm like man i was starting to remember certain conversations or certain like trips or activities and i'd have people be like oh pete remember that one time like i don't remember that one time because <laughs> i was i was thinking about i was so outside of, of the moment i was thinking about everything but there yeah so i'm curious on your level like dude, there's always something going yeah. on. And I'm, I'm sure there's always something going wrong in, yeah. in your world is how do you, how do you sit like in the present moment and tune that out?
1: Yeah. So great question. I think, um, and I learned that just through experience cause I would, when I started to see that I would drop the ball in any area, it's cause I would spread myself too thin. Like just because someone wants to give you a job and even if the money's great or whatever, the opportunity is good. doesn't mean you should take it. Like I, I I pride myself in actually one of the things that I did that centered me was like create the one goal. And for me, it was Amplify DJ city. This is the one thing that we created from zero that is ours that we can push out. Mm -hmm. And if every decision helps that grow, then it's a good decision. If I make a decision, but it's not associated with this network, then I've now divided my time Mm -hmm. and my mind can't concentrate where it should be. That's why I say like, like, what do you do all day? I work on music, but I really just work on focusing that, the energy towards growing that partnership, that grant, that brand and the network. Cause I, I you know, I'll run into people that it's been around now since around, it got, it got created by the partners around 2000. I got involved in like 05, 06 as literally just like an assistant. And I went to music director. Then I understood I was pretty good at marketing ideas. So I jumped to marketing director and I hired Kid Spin, who is the worldwide music director for the company now. Then I started to figure out, all right, what would I want to see in this brand and how do I connect it to the company and how do I scale it? So mm. that's where the marketing version kind of came of it. And how do I copy and paste it around the world? It's working here. Just you got to put yeah. it into different languages and countries. And then uh, uh, I jumped over in the, and I... And I, I Somehow, I don't even remember if I got a promotion. I just made myself president. I was like, all right, I'm in charge.
0: (laughs) Because
1: I know what I'm doing, and I'm going to give you all regional directors. All right, cool, we're regional. Because I remember my partner's like, you want to give yourself a title? I'm like, yeah, I think we need structure. Because I came from a structured corporate world, and most of my partners were not. They were just DJs that exploded. So they never had that. I think that's where I got lucky, too, because I was always under a different hierarchy. So when I came into this kind of no man's land of like positions and powers i i i wanted to naturally create a hierarchy mm-hmm. you work with this person you answer that person and i'll and they'll and because otherwise you're trying to do every job and nothing gets done you know yeah I mean? yeah so uh i focus by remembering what the goal is and the, the goal for me was growing that one brand and then as that brand grew and as people had successes in that job other opportunities came. And I remember, well, is this gonna help this first brand, this partnership, this this you know, this uh, brand opportunity, whatever it is. And if the answer was yes, chances are that I'd say, all right, cool, let's explore it. Mm-hmm. And if it looks like I can actually bring value and we can actually win together, great. That's, I'll give it the green light and then we bring the people that can help me grow it. Gotcha. And 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 the big trick there was once you put people in positions of power to to, to run with it, just get out of the way. Yeah, yeah. It's the best job, the best thing you can do as someone that's supervising. Don't try to micromanage, make sure you're tapped in, understand the goal and what everybody's trying to do, but don't don't get in the, w- of the way of your own decision, which is putting people in the positions. Yeah, through. I think
0: if people more took the, instead of just feeling like a supervisor, you're more supporting. Supporting over supervising. Yeah. You know, because if you hire the right talent and you have a, a really good eye for talent for whatever mm-hmm. the role is, mm-hmm. then let them do what they do and make sure that I always let them know, like, hey, I'm not supervising looking over you. I'm here to support. Whatever you need, yeah, you let me know. And if if I, if I can't do it, yeah, I'll yeah. find someone who can help you do it to get your job done.
1: And to your point on that is, it, it, as someone that's supervising and helping, it's it's also creating that, um, that kind of welcoming uh, relationship with the partner the employee mm-hmm. or whoever because you could come you know you someone's coming in new to something that you've built it's a little intimidating mm-hmm. and they can be scared to ask the question they don't want to look kind of foolish but if you're kind of like yo I, I was just as dumb and i know exactly what you're doing and what you're talking about it's just ask the question and totally and chances are i'll have the answer but if i don't like we'll figure it out together
0: yeah and, and what i've learned because I, I love that what i've learned too is like no matter whether it's the CEO or it's an entry level position in the company if you take that approach it's almost like you're giving them an opportunity to run their own business yeah so it's a not very entrepreneurial mindset now they have to earn it <clears throat> they have to earn it you know and they have to get, gain your trust and always deliver but now you have everybody working and they they have their own boundaries but they're calling the shots within their within their job
1: descriptions the which and, is and, a great and, culture it's a great culture um it's an exciting culture to to create and also watch grow. And it's exciting to see people win. I champion. When people go, I got this opportunity here. I think I'm going to leave or whatever. I'm growing out of this when I'm moving over. I, I clap for them. I'm like, yo, kill it. Totally. I'm excited for you. We'll get lunch. We'll hang out. Yeah. Much yeah. continued success. I, I keep saying that. Much continued success. And, and I think you have to believe it, too. Because... Um, it's funny because I learn more from people's mistakes than I do from their kind of wins. Mm-hmm. And I remember as I was coming up, again, there were people that were like, you can't be part of this crew or this this, this pool or, or this team because for whatever reason, they just didn't want to. Um, as I was growing, and I remember there was a couple key people that kind of tried to hold you down. I remember thinking to myself, that's like the worst thing anybody would do to anybody that's coming up because yeah. you, re- you really affect their thinking, their decision-making that you make them think that that's the way it should be. It's putting other people down in order for me to get up, which I think it's the complete opposite. I think that when they supersede you and they win, it's just a success story to you like, in a a tribute to your skills of showing people how to win, you know?
0: So, so I'm curious because a, a lot of what you, you say your, your job, but the company's built around music. Mm-hmm. so before DJ City before any of this like what was your first like what did, where did you first like have that experience or fall
1: yeah yeah for cool. music um, I'd always had a passion um, for music in general I don't know I just had a good melodic ear um, and back in the days they used to have like VHS's and DVD's and you can watch battles and I was just always curious on the technical side to see if one if I can I can even understand what's going on like mm-hmm. physically and two if I can get it and, you know, when you're young, you pick up things quicker. You're like a sponge, you know. So I was yeah. pretty good. Um, I was just telling my friend on a drive up that uh, DJ City jumped from... that was It still is, but it's the, big, the biggest job or most important job that I carry every single day. It led to, uh, one way or another, getting this job running the station on Sirius. And uh, when I got the job to run... When I got called to run that station, it was kind of like a surprise. It wasn't something I was applying for. Someone else had the job... And they um, were telling the artist that, hey, um, I got everything in line. <laughs> it's a good one. I'll try to keep it short. Uh, uh, you know, the station's going to launch uh, Tuesday, whatever, whatever. The week leading up to it, I'm seeing I got looped into these email chains to try to find a DJ to help the station. That was my job because of DJ City. Uh, so I'm seeing these emails in the corporate world, 50 people deep about the launch of the station and everybody keeps asking for pieces they need to run a radio station, sweepers, imaging, art, approval, things like that. Uh, curation of the music. And every time the corporate would ask the person in charge at the time, uh, do you have it? There was crickets, but every time the artist would chime in in a separate change, he was quick. So mm-hmm. I just caught on to like, so you're not huh. answering, you're not answering the people that are actually on the ground. But when the guy that pointed this to you and is cutting your check, asks you a question, you're quick. So you're picking and choosing how you're you're interacting with this group. Yeah. And I'm literally just on the corner watching this. So I remember like um say the the uh so the station obviously is the pit station and he had a show to open the station on Tuesday at the Apollo in New York. And the Wednesday before, I'm seeing people in New York uh not getting the answers of, you know, the content they need. So uh finally someone's like, we, we need this stuff. And, and the powers that be said, hey, buddy, you need to turn this in by tomorrow, Thursday at noon. And I'm like, okay, let's see if he delivers. He's like, I'm on it. Finally, the next morning comes, everybody's on pins and needles. Uh, 11.30, no email, no nothing. 12 o'clock hits, nothing. And I'm like, oh, damn, it's going down. Like nothing, <laughs> nothing's coming in. 12.30, nothing, come, nothing, nothing comes in. Finally, like one o'clock, an email comes in to everybody. And the guy's like, guys, um, I haven't done anything for a year some personal issues have come up the station's not gonna go alive and and then corp like he says on the email in an email and corporate loses it because they're investing so much money and time into this and i'm like oh damn like it just hit the fan uh so then i get a phone call maybe 10 minutes after that email and then they're like pitt's like yo because i ended we're friends just creative friends and he's like you see this email and i was like yeah and he's like why don't you do me a favor? Go to New York and see what you can figure out. And I was like, Bro, I know nothing about this <laughs> at all. I'm the wrong guy to be asking. This is said yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So he's like, but you know how to run DJ City, right? I was like, Yeah, kind of. I mean, yeah. He's like, and you're a DJ, right? So you get music. I was like, Yeah. He's like, right, you figure it out. And I was like, All right, dude. Like, as long as you don't blame me when it sucks. So, long story short, I go to New York Friday with Big Sife, who's, he's basically the right-hand man, runs the station with me, programs all the mix shows. Me and Sife walk into corporate, and they're like, we need, we need everything now. And I was like, what do you need, dudes? Like They're like, we don't have music, we don't have imaging, like sweepers. Like, yo, you're listening to the, like the sweepers. We don't have artwork, we have nothing. I was like, all right, just give me the bare bones. What do you need right now? They're like, we need music. I'm like, all right. So being a club DJ, I just pulled up his name, and what I had done throughout my history was every time, um, every time a, should we stop? We're going? No, it's good. Okay, cool. Every time uh, I typed in his main name in my Serato, I, there's a comment section and I put in other artists that I would associate with him. So if I'm rocking a club and I want to think again, two, three, four songs ahead, I want to want to play, I want to jump to an MJ, I want to jump to a Tupac, say that Cruz or Drake, whatever. Oh, Drake wasn't around that much of the time. Anyways, uh I would see a chain of of songs that kind of flow well together. Mm. And I learned that being an L.A. DJ, open format, multicultural, which arguably the most talented DJs on radio that ever lived, uh, like the Power 106s, Mm -hmm. the Kiss FMs, the Beat Junkies, like the, you know, the Cubers of the World, they would all be around me. And because of that record store that uh, DJ City was involved in in the past, I would meet them and Mm. I'd kind of get to know them and I'd see them and I'd study them. So when I was asked to program that station, I, I uh I had that kind of style with me of being able to play all these different genres. I was like, look, here's two hundred songs populated, and they're all clean. And I remember corporate's like, why all clean? Like we're serious, you can do whatever you want. I was like, Well, the guy like is a pop pop star dude and like kids listen to him, and grandmas listen to him, Middle America listen to him. So I mm. I think that for just trust me on this one, i kinda want to hear the station at a at a car dealership, at a coffee shop, at wherever, I'm just thinking ahead. Yeah, yeah. And they were like, "All right, whatever it's your station for now." So, <laughs> uh, so then they they got that going. They're ingesting. They're ingesting. They're plugging it in. And the thing about running a little more detail is when when you when you add a song because I add songs every week, I remove every week. You have to tell the, the system what it is. Kind of like a DNA. It's a male. It's a mid-tempo. It's a pop track. Um, it dropped in this era it's you know these are kind of little details that when when you finish programming it and you do what's called scheduling for the next couple days it randomizes based on those rules Mm. and so it flows the songs however your rules are um, attributed to it so i had to give that for 200 songs and then once i was done with that like you know, as I was doing that throughout the weekend or whatever, I was getting different edits or whatever. I was calling him like, Hey, I need you to say this and that. I'm gonna send it to the radio guy. They're going to make it sound radio-ish or whatever. Totally. And, uh, came Monday, we we're still doing it. And, uh, you know, next two days, it's just approving artworks and, and pieces and just everything that's involved in launching that should have been done in nine months. I'm doing in like two days. So finally, like Tuesday afternoon comes and the show of the Apollo is like, kicks off at seven with letting the crowd come in. every station is pushing it, there's mad media, there's every there's billboard, there's like Rolling Stones like everything's there. like all the corporate heads are there. and uh, I tell I dude jump on the table. It's just rocket for an hour for the world and you know I'll figure out the rest of it and he's like down. So he does it. Danny West is there, like LPs there all my friends that I'm kids been that you know they've been helping me um, pickles on and does an hour show. Nine o'clock finishes, and uh, thank you. Good night, right? And then they turn on the switch, and the first song goes on, and it works. And then another song came on, but it was like the same. It was like two Latin songs. Then it was like a hip hop. It wasn't the flow that I pictured, yeah. but it was working. Next morning, oh, I saw him that evening, and he's like, "I'm like, bro, sorry if it sucks. I did my best." He's like, "Bro, it's the first day, you know." Yeah. And so it was teaching me something in both moments. The first time when that when that wall, when everything fell. He just a simple phone call. Hey, see if you can fix it. That yeah, kind of yeah. calm temperature of see if you can fix it, I've carried ever since. And then the day that the show went live, the station went live, I was like, my bad, dude. If it sucks, you know, thanks for the opportunity. He's like, bro, it's day one. We'll figure it out. I was like, all right, they're going to fire me in six weeks. I know oh, this is going to suck. This? How long ago? This is like 2015. Oh, okay. I think it was May, May 15, 2015, something like that next morning i wake up to an email it's like wednesday morning and he he emailed the corporate and he's like ed was in charge give him the budget do whatever he wants and i was like oh damn like i didn't apply for this (laughs) but i better figure out how to run it from here on out so i'm calling all the dj city crew i'm calling all my radio friends i'm taking all these notes and as time progressed i just kept learning and learning and learning and now it's almost i can do it not in my sleep but i can do it pretty good within a crunch amount of time and i can execute and so i can handle the dj city project and i can now handle the station project and i can handle all the other things in between it you know but it's all music based so there's no there's no confusion in my head and to your point about um sometimes you'll be in a conversation and you remember an emotion or something that you're thinking about that you got to deal with or whatever i've learned to just block all that out yeah, I've learned to shut it off. It's if I got a, a conversation from one to two p.m. and it doesn't go well, the three, the you know, the two p.m. to three can't have that energy. Yeah, I just going to get a drink of water, let me have a coffee, whatever I got to do. Forget about what I just yeah. talked about. I'll circle back to it later and just have this, give this person the 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 time that they need. You know, with a fresh perspective. Yeah, totally. otherwise it, it crashes.
0: it's yeah, yeah. hard. Yeah. yeah. You, you said something and and i feel like samantha will definitely be listening to this yeah this podcast because it's kind of <laughs> she's son. been with us long enough that we've almost built like our foundation is built around the f- the figure it out and figure then, it uh, out yeah and uh years and years and years ago it was it was almost like everything was like figured out because we were so we were like in the infant stage of business she came in really early on too so yeah. like a lot of new opportunities we didn't have a process in place yeah probably didn't have a uh, an employee in that position so it was literally like figure it out yeah and it's been hard for us because me and kev and and, and, and even sam like we're just we're wired that way that we almost have to like unwire a little bit for certain people but we d- we still keep it like when you get hired we're like hey she just got done saying this like a week ago because we just we took on kind of like a marketing intern for our restaurant and she's like she said to the girl she's like this will be all figured out for you. There's a process. You'll you'll be trained on this. She's like, and I will let you know if there's certain things that you reach out because the girl's like, if I'm overwhelming you with questions, let me know. She's like, no, but I will let you know if it's something that you can just figure out on your own. Ah. She's like, YouTube's a, a resource. This is a resource. Yeah. And Good. so like even to this day, she's teaching. Yeah. And, and I and I think that that's that's such a like a lost art or quality that when I when I find people who mm-hmm. have that like, dude, if I give you a task. I know you're going to figure it out. Even if like you have zero experience. I'm not going to worry
1: about it anymore. Yeah. I'm moving on to the next project. I've handed it to you. It's your call to take it home. Yeah. I love that.
0: You still have, you still got the figure it out mentality.
1: Yeah. A thousand percent. (laughs) A thousand percent. Um, It's a very fine line. Again, like, uh, you know, you got to give people the ability to succeed. And if you're always in the way, you're never going to let them kind of, it's almost like a, like you tell the baby, like, don't touch that hot pan. And they don't listen. And they're like, all right, we'll figure it out. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, you're not going to like it next time. And then you'll take a lesson and you won't do a it again. Babies are a great example of it. That's <laughs> yeah. all they do. That's all they do. All they're
0: doing. Hurting themselves and all they, the time. they grow up.
1: They grow <laughs> up and they, they succeed and they grow. But in in, in business, uh, you know, I understand the goal. I One thing I also learned about myself in general was I have a natural kind of style that I kind of picked up growing up within the culture, especially in LA. Like I know what my kind of music I like, kind of, um, you know, businesses I want to be involved in. There's a certain cultural aspect that I I think of it as a great blessing that makes me stand out a little bit, you know? And, um, if I can, I can teach that to people, especially at the highest corporate level and, and there's, and I've been able to be around some incredible partners and they let us kind of grow out and, and, you know, push our ideas and our brands the way we want to, like, it's it's amazing to see it flourish. Totally. Now, now, it's funny, because when I first started globalization with the team, I, I was asking DJs, please give me a mix. Like, please be a part of this. And they're like, what is that? Like, no, oh, I'm going to be on No, Get away from me. And I was like, all right, dudes. <laughs> Just like the DJ City Project, this is going to be another big boy. And sure enough, like I remember like two, three years later when it started to really take off that I started getting those phone calls and those emails. Like, yo, can I get a show? Can I be a part of it? And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, like you're starting to see it turned, but I'm gonna keep it very close to the chest and only and only bring people that I know were down from day one and have that ability to for kind sure. of hustle with you. you yeah.
0: Know? I feel like you also have a a knack and, and you said something before we started with turn the camera on, that you, you see angles and opportunities that some people don't. And you also like and and it takes I'm sure a long time to hit a point where there's like there's also a selfless part of you that you're like, even if it's a great opportunity, no. it might not be something for you but by putting it in the hands of somebody else, you know, full circle because you do work with them or mm-hmm. whatever way that, that that it's all that it still is an opportunity for you. N- yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, I I love to give my favorite thing to do in the world is to give people jobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a great feeling. I love to see them succeed. I love I have people that I've worked with, you know, 15 years at this point. Just mm-hmm. good relationships, good friendships, and it feels fresh every day because I'm watching them succeed in areas they didn't think they could be a part of and Cause I've I feel like I've been lucky enough to succeed in other areas that most people won't ever get the opportunity. I used to be one of those guys who would email series and be like, "Hey, can I get a mix show? I'll do it for free, three in the morning, Sunday. I don't care." And then when I got thrown into the the mix to be a, in the program directing uh, space, I was like, "Whoa! I can't forget what that felt like." Yeah. So if a kid comes up or a, a young lady or a guy that says, "Hey, I want an opportunity," I'm like, "Yo, like, I'll give it to you. You know, if you can take it home and run with it, you know." Mm-hmm. And to that. It's funny because, like, as I got to know you guys, you guys have that same kind of hustle. So when Kevin would be like, I think we should, Kevin would say that, like, I talk to you, I'm like, what's up, dude? And he's like, I think we're going to give such and such a show. I'm like, it's a great opportunity for all of us, and we'll all grow together. I'm lying down. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, at this point, I trust your guys and your skills and your ears and your ability to read people to know you're not going to bring me someone that I'm going to regret. Totally. You know yeah. what I mean? And everybody that I'm around with, you guys, is hardworking. You yeah. know, from the Chayoses to the Vinnies and Surge to everybody, Sammy. Yeah, it's know.
0: almost like one of those, and maybe you you can relate. It's like I always tell people, you, you just won't fit in if you don't. You know, and, and I think that's an that's not like a that's not a dig at anybody. It doesn't like that's just how it's good when that's a the thought process from the top down. Like, yeah. from the top down, company, you know, work hard, very selfless. You know, get we have the shirt off your back mentality yeah. with every, everyone. That you just wouldn't fit in if you didn't. And we've had people who come in and, and you, you stand out so much if you don't. Yeah. Like, yeah. If you don't have that, that same.
1: That grease style, yeah, that you kind know, of hustle yeah. mentality. No, uh, I loved when I came here and I saw what you guys were building, I'd love that you guys built it from the ground up. Mm-hmm. I respect it because that's kind of where I come from. It's, you know, well, nobody's going to believe in us, so we got to do it ourselves. Yeah. You know what I mean? And,
0: and there's also something so rewarding when you said that you were trying to get the. Not to cut you off, sorry. No, no, please. When you said. You were trying to get DJs to send you mixes, and they wouldn't. I still, like, I so enjoy... Because we've built certain brands and certain parts of our company to, like, very, very peak levels. And everybody wants to be involved with them. Mm-hmm. But then we're all... We almost always, like, right now, we, we launched our restaurant. Yeah. We just took over a cold brew spot. We we always, at the same time as we have a brand or part of our business up here, we have one that's here. Starting out. That I have to convince people to be part of. Yeah. I have to convince people to put, like just every little piece and part together but I, I i have that like i have the same enjoyment for those yeah. as i do almost i, I feel like it's split because i just yeah. love my and you probably have that like i know where this is gonna go i, I already see it i know where this is now. gonna go yeah and and that's probably part of like the the visionary or the talent that you have is is you know it before other people know it now the convincing part yeah, like, yeah that's yeah, a yeah. that's a skill
1: yeah 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 no i think i've had enough um Opportunities that became big moments now with teams that I can probably give someone an idea now. And chances are, like, all right, let's try it. Mm -hmm. It used to be a lot harder, you know. I'm seeing it again. It's crazy to me to see it again with the Beat Source project because that one, like, I knew when I got that call from the Beatport team, they're like, yo, we have this technology and we need a partner to help us with the hip hop and the music side. And then when they explain the technology, which basically in a nutshell, it's like Netflix, you can be on a plane. Before you get on the plane, um, you can download a movie. It'll stay in your in your iPad. And then when you land and you get the signal, it'll go back into the cloud. It's mm-hmm. so the same thing with the BeatSource project where I can stream all these millions of songs, but I can also save a couple. And as a DJ who's afraid of of trying to stream anything because the internet's going to die out, that was like the big fear. Um, DJs are not creatures of... Of change, they, They're creatures of habit. They love to, yeah, they love yeah. their trusted tools, their trusted backpacks, their trusted mixer, whatever. So when someone introduces a new piece of technology, it better be proven and it better really work. And it better do something that others don't. So when I saw that, the, the locker system, and I saw, I, I kind of went back to, I, I, you know, probably like you, I look at other people that have done great things in the world and be like, how did you get there from like nothing? Mm-hmm. And my best, my favorite example is like Steve Jobs, like everybody else. And in our particular instance what kind of related to me and what we were building was he they his team they built itunes which is the library and then they created the ipod mm. so they created their own ecosystem and i was like when we created the beat source i'm like here's the beat source library let's create the ecosystem through the the partnerships integrations and the locker and that can literally become its own world and yeah. it's something that hadn't been done yet so After a a great amount of negotiation, we cut a deal, we became partners, and we started the the JV between DJ City and Beatport to be BeatSource. In the beginning, I I was looking for other partners again. I was like, hey, I think we're onto something that could probably revolutionize the world the same way it went from records to CDs to MP3s to streaming. The DJs don't get the streaming part, but I think this could be so big that you want to be a part of it early. And some of the more... Season DJs, I'll say, were like, nah, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. And I was like, all right, dude, just remember I told you this Mm -hmm. is going to go. And we had certain markers that we wanted to meet. And first one was build a foundation, which was like a download store, which doesn't, it's not revolutionary in itself. But the second one was like create the streaming part within platforms like Pioneer and Record Box and programs that DJs use. But in our world, Serato was the big boy. Mm -hmm. And I was like... And there was just, it just wasn't connecting for whatever reason within the people that talk to each other at those high levels. So I had a couple conversations. They restarted the combos again, and then we ended up locking the the partnership with Serato. And when I saw that kind of go live, I was like, "Oh, damn! This yeah, is yeah. this is literally gonna this is literally becoming a monster right before my own eyes." Mm-hmm. And it took me like three days to kind of like catch my breath mm-hmm. when they when they, they did what's called the beta version, which is mm-hmm. what we're in right now. But in coming October this year, they're going to launch it officially globally. And to put it in perspective, like at the moment when a a label or an artist or a person wants to promote a song, they have to hire promotional teams, they have to like try to get it in front of people and hope you get a song. It gets downloaded, it gets tested, hopefully, it gets added. Like there's a whole system that lives there that's been the same system for many years. In our new system that we're building, within a snap of a fingers, I can get one song in front of a million DJs at the same time, mm. which is changing yeah. the way music gets broken. And when I kind of say that to people that plus the locker system in the program you want, it kind of blows people away. Like, oh, and sure. I'm like, okay, I'm seeing the third version of building something that no one believed in, in the beginning, come to fruition, you know? Mm-hmm. And so and that's,
0: that's launched live. Yeah,
1: it's, it's launching live in October right now. The, the beta testers are testing it, and everybody's loving it. So far, no hiccups, no crashes, no nothing. Um, but yeah, it'll launch live in October. And then the third version, which in 2021 is our goal, is to uh, get the approval by the labels to get remixes and edits and bootlegs in the system mm. and get them paid out. And once you kind of figure out that third puzzle, there's no reason to have a record pool. A download store anymore yeah Every- yeah it's like when's the last time you downloaded an mp3 and added it to your phone like you don't remember yeah yet. like kids that grow up now they subscribe to youtube they subscribe to spotify they subscribe to apple for sure they subscribe to netflix you should subscribe
0: mm-hmm. once
1: you find something you like you subscribe you pay your monthly fee everybody gets paid everybody wins and you get a good product so we had to kind of create a really good product and when it comes to business you probably know this better than most is has to be a product that's better than the past at a better price mm-hmm. and then people go all right i'll try it you know, mm-hmm. and then the proof is in the pudding. So,
0: yeah, it I feel like you are getting more and more in like the tech tech space, too. huh?
1: I'm getting more and more into the tech. Sp- it's surprising because you have to understand. I never went to college. I'm an immigrant. I became a citizen. I've gone through the hardships from zero to like where we're at now. Mm-hmm. So I understand struggle. And uh, I part of me goes, God, I wish I, I did go to school and I did understand business and blah, 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 blah. But the other part goes, it probably helped that you didn't. Because you kind of yeah. learn to be a little bit more street, um, mm-hmm. you know, hustle a little better than most, you know, not follow the books too much.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. Hmm. So I have a, I mean, a, this is probably something you could talk an entire episode on, but I something for you specific that I want to talk about. And I, and I we, we try not to talk too much about like COVID-19 and this mm-hmm. year. Yeah. But I do want to know like from your, because you're such a high level view of the music industry. Yeah. Um, and even just talking about what's going on with your company, but just the music industry in general. What are you seeing? Like, what, what are the biggest changes that's happening in the music industry? Because a lot of industries are changing in 2020. Yeah. What What are the changes going on or that you see, like, for the future of um,
1: music? Everything is going digital a thousand percent. You're seeing people get creative and, um, you know, market ideas, concerts, events, shows, but just online. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't know. I think it's gonna be a couple years before people feel comfortable enough to be in large group settings it's just the way it is people are very fearful and you know rightfully so everybody needs to take care of their family and people um so i think nightlife concerts it's gonna be the last thing that really does come back so you have to figure out how to stay creative stay relevant and stay in front of people and so the twitch thing is really exciting Mm -hmm. um and i see you guys take advantage of it which is great um i see chaos kill it all the time sunburn events Mm -hmm. all the time I've been talking to some of the biggest kind of promoters of the planet and they, they're creating virtual concerts Yeah. and they're selling tickets. If they have a good act, a good brand, new music, something to promote and their fan base is like strong enough that they'll sell the tickets
0: mm.
1: and people need an escape and they sign up to a good product or a big sponsor would let it be free and they'll just pay for the event. They'll mm-hmm. pay for all the commercial time. They'll pay for everything. So I think people are getting really creative on, on, and it's funny because like, i actually was thinking about it the other day as i've been on the road for a while i haven't watched tv for a very long time Mm -hmm. everything's on my phone everything's on my ipad everything's in in emails and so if a concert comes in and it hits all one of those devices like i'll watch it on those devices now it used to be the case where i would not be as connected as i used to be and it's a good and a bad thing it's a double edged sword either you're connected all the time and you're watching things or um or you're missing out, right, the phone yeah. level. So I'm, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of the artists that are, especially really creative teams, adapt and create virtual concerts and events, um, ticketed events. And you know, I'm seeing a big connection globally. The thing about, especially DJ City and our brand, it's so international, it's so global. Like, you're right, I uh, while I'm asleep here, Japan's awake. Yeah. It's already the future, and they've already done f- 10, 20 things I gotta address. Then, I, you know, they might go to sleep and then, you know, Colombia's awake and Australia's awake. And there's all these partners that I work with around the planet. And I just make sure that I answer all the key ones as as much as I can, as early as I can. Reset the day. And then the second half, I'll, I'll give myself a break, lunch break, yeah, go yeah. for a walk. It's important to keep that balance because uh, I remember I, uh, I had to take my own advice because some of my friends were getting in bad mental states because they weren't taking breaks. They were just always connected. And I was like, dude, it's like or gals like take a break go to sleep mm-hmm. exercise which you guys are big proponents of um and reset and attack it again tomorrow you have to you have to because yeah. it's like we don't have that corporate structure so we have to make it ourselves
0: mm-hmm.
1: and we also it's like the family structure is not the same
0: you know yeah I mean? and, and it could very easily be something that does take over your time yeah. every waking minute
1: every waking minute you're yeah. thinking about something yeah. And you gotta remember, like me in particular, I gotta remember always like why I do it. I, I got into the music business because it's supposed to be fun. Mm-hmm. The second I go multiple Great days, yeah. and it's not fun anymore, it's, it's, I gotta identify where that problem is and nip that out, get it out the way. Because yeah. I don't wanna be working stress out all the time. Yeah. Know, I'm over
0: that stuff. Yeah. So I'm curious, with with everything you have going on, do you keep like a, a annual, like do you keep yearly goals or like five year goals? I used to that?
1: keep, it's funny, I used to keep a good top three, I haven't done it in a couple of years because every year seems to beat the last. Mm-hmm. And usually because I allow something else that's creative and fun come in that I never thought about doing. Sure, You know, um, this year they, uh, you know, I got asked to, it's funny, I got asked to help produce a podcast oh, cool. with a really big company and I was like, I know nothing about this world. I, I, I like watching them. I like hearing them. But producing one, they're like, yeah, you know, and it's a multi-million dollar company. And I'm like, all right, well, show me the ins and outs. And I learned about the sales team and I learned about the advertising. I learned about the importance of getting fan engagement, comments, likes, getting to make sure that people support it, share it. Um, And then I I understood how people are selling, you know, this podcast is brought to you by da-da-da-da. And they'll aggregate the sales per podcast and they'll Mm -hmm. plan them a couple podcasts out. And it's like what I did see that was interesting, specifically with COVID, um, was a lot of people's listener habits kind of changed. They went from driving to work every day, taking their kids to school every day, going to the gym every day um, to being at home. Mm. So they don't need to listen to the regular radio. They don't need to go listen or watch their scheduled news report or whatever the case may be. Now they got into streaming and they work out when they want to and and they they check out the shows when they want to. It's at their own... you're, You're fighting for people's time. Yeah, yeah. That's what you're fighting for. Um... And then I, but I really, a really interesting metric is I was, as I was talking to other programmers, they're like, advertising dollars are down in our world, terrestrial radio. And I was like, where the hell did they all go? People still got to sell products and brands, they got to buy some sort of commercial space. And they jumped over to podcasting. Big time. So you're, you're, in, time. you're in a really good business right now. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it's a really good business. There's a lot of people who are trying, trying to jump into it. And, in, in a, and of all the business that we're, we operate in, it's probably the number one questions that I have coming my way is like questions about wanting to start it up questions about how to run it, how to operate it. Yeah. And I think we'll, what's exciting, is we'll, we'll always be learning, but at the same time, um, the audience is, is growing. There's a lot of people switching over. Consistency is key. The, yeah.
1: that's And you're being consistent, which is, which is great. And you, you have a very professional setting, which I love. Um, and it's, it's, it's about creating that, excitement for people to listen to you, you know, that casual convo educational convo. People got to be able to walk away with something.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. If it's
1: just a bunch of like weird stories and nobody can connect to then nobody's going to listen to your
0: podcast. <laughs> no, totally. And and and, and to back up where the question came from when I asked about goals is is I used to be I still am like uh I set goals um but more like even weekly goals or monthly goals, but I learned um you know, having too rigid a goal is sometimes and, and I'll use the example of what happened with the Sirius station that you don't, you can't really anticipate stuff like that happening. No. And it's funny, a couple episodes, a guy sitting here, um, he runs one of the biggest creative agencies and it's actually based in San Diego. Yeah. And one of his big, um, I don't even want to call it break, but one of his big opportunities came literally drinking in downtown and saw a couple guys who were a little too drunk, trying to parallel park their car. He's like, Hey, like him and just a buddy. He's like, we'll help you out. Come over, starts shooting shit. And they, uh, they're like the marketing directors are very high level positions with nixon watches nice and uh long story short he ended up getting the pitch Pitched them they were looking for a new like web de- design everything that they do but i'm like you can't write that into your goals no, you no. can't and, and it was obviously then they use that as a building block to the next one the next one now he's done he's got deals with google with beats by dre huge with Patamoni- or uh, patagonia um but you, you can't see that coming. So I, I've learned to, like, dude, just keep doing like you said every day. You know, I'm always building DJ City. That's, like, my foundation. Yeah. And in that process, there's going to be, like, opportunities that yeah. come up. I just always trust the process. And trust you the know. process
1: is key. No, that's a great story. Um, I think, uh, you know, at some point, your skills, like, become, like, your natural skills. And mm-hmm. you're going to, the opportunities are going to come. You're going to identify where you work, where you fit. And you're going to be able to run with it. And also realize what you're not interested in and mm-hmm. being able to stay away from it. You know, I, I uh, you know, I, I pride myself in being able to say no at this point, you know, and being able yeah. to say like, you, you know, I, I have enough, there's only enough hours in the day, you know what I mean? And there's enough people that already depend on me to make sure I make a good decision. So if I overclout myself with too many jobs and too many hats, it, nothing works. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You do too many things at once. You're not doing anything at all. Um, so I, I make sure to, you know, pay attention to literally what's in front of me. Totally. And it's, 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 it, that comes with experience and age. And I, when you're young, you're like, you know, younger, uh, you're kind of just firing on all pistons day and night. Yeah. I, I used to DJ six days a week. And I'd go from 10 p.m. till 2 a.m. I'd wait for my check, hopefully, at 3 a.m. I'd go home and sleep by 4, and then I'd have to be at work by 7, 7.30. And I did that for a year and change straight. Yeah. Just to try to, like, save so I can eventually have a cushion, so I can eventually leave the day job and try to pursue the DJing full time. But, like, you know, when you're younger, you can do those kind of things. As you get older, yeah. you're like, let me think about it a little bit more strategically.
0: I think that's part of the process, though, when you're younger, you know?
1: Because I know that if a day comes and I need to hustle another six days, I will. Like, yeah. it's, it's in me to keep going.
0: Because when you're younger, it's kind of like you're like the gimme, 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 I'll take whatever. And then you that you you hit you turn that corner wheel, and now you're the one giving along. Give it, give it, give it, give it,
1: give it. I'm telling you, my favorite thing to do in the world is to give jobs and opportunities, watch people. And also, like... I like to walk with people as they're growing into positions. I don't Mm -hmm. like to just give them away and then see if they make it. You know what I mean? Because that would be that's a big mistake. Because then now the person might feel a little threatened or scared and not sure who to to gravitate to person that you're doing the job for might be a little sketchy about this person coming in and you you actually are not connected with what they're doing for sure so you got to be able to walk with the person and educate and show them and then once you can see that they're floating and they're starting to get into
0: a groove then you can just let it go definitely yeah so is there with everything you got going on is there is there one particular piece of your business that like i always say like that that makes you jump out out of bed in the morning is there something you have going on right now or maybe Lined up, teed up, specific—that you are just most yeah. fired up about.
1: At this point, at this point, leaving leaving a good mark. I think the Beat Source project is incredibly exciting because you're it's it's a benchmark moment in our culture. It's mm-hmm. the one thing that see. When I was a kid, again, I I, I kind of struggled in in opportunities and I was going down bad paths, and I ended up discovering the turntables, and that actually kept me out of a lot of trouble i got into a little trouble not too much trouble just enough not to get kicked out of the country <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but then i realized a couple of things when i got into trouble i was like i don't want to be a troublemaker i'm like just being around the wrong people like find people that are better and then find something that you're really passionate about and the music it just always was in the background i had good melody good ability to understand tempo and whatnot um, and when i found the tables i was like i was like i can i can learn this skill you know what i mean Fast forward, I, I got into doing house parties, you know, I was mm. practicing in my garage for like 10 hours a day. And then I wanted to get into doing clubs. Oh, man, one day I'm going to be able to rock a big old club. It's exciting. Um, but before that, I was doing, I'll give you a, another story that I've actually never told is I did a house party one time. We were really good. I mean, we were probably, I was probably like twenty, twenty-one, and I was just became the resident d- DJ for all of my friends around different cities in <laughs> LA. And I just bring the speakers and we'll, we'll load it up and we'll get some, you know, some drinks and hang out and we were at a house party one time it was a halloween party and it was rocking i remember it was rocking at my friend's house and you know it's a backyard the parents let him have the party but like three four hundred people show up it's a backyard you're like yo this <laughs> yeah. is this is questionable at best and there was a group of people that were not invited because they were troublemakers from a different part of town and th- they showed up anyways and they went to the people That threw the party Like yo They didn't invite me This this and that And they started Causing trouble And um, They got kicked out By those, the people That were at the party You know They're pretty deep Towards the end of the night I'm wrapping my cables up I'm wrapping my speakers I'm gonna load the truck Those guys come back oh. But this time They got guns And they were like Yo Where's that group That kicked us out And I was like Oh damn And I'm just like
0: They're saying this to you
1: oh, Not to me and I'm just kind of watching And I'm just from here to You know The light A couple feet away buddy of mine who i happened to invite that night younger kid knew the guy and he was like dude leave that's not cool like get out of here and the guy the guy sees the guy he had trouble with and he he shoots my friend in the face Oh shit. and my friend boom falls i was like oh damn so i grabbed my friend i pulled him back there was a barbecue and then my friend's like edwin like what's wrong with my face? I'm like, nothing. Meanwhile, there's a hole like right here. Oh. Jaw busted. And I'm grabbing the jaw. Luckily, the guy that owned the house, his son was a cop. And he's like, oh, damn, they're shooting. Comes out. Sees a guy. Bop. Hits him. Boom. Oh. Through the neck. Out the head. Guy's done. Oh, my God. And I was like, yo, I just saw all this go down. And uh, cops finally came. Grabbed my shirt. Held my friend's face. Ambulance came, buddy's dead, other other guys got caught. And like I said, the guy's a cop, so he called his radio friends and everything got secured. Went to the stations, took everybody's report. And that was the last night I ever did a house party. I was like, yeah, I'm man. not going back into that world. And again, I was like, I'm not getting into these, I'm trying to find a good thing in life and, and find the passion and be involved in good things. And for that to happen in front of me, it just pivoted. I was yeah. like, I'm gonna go back into secured venues. nightlife clubs and things like that uh you know that is an incident that happened it's part of the original story and i wanted to make sure i never went back into that world so i use it as a memory to remind myself just stay out of the trouble part because that really can capture you you know i got into the club world i started getting better and kind of better known then and um i got a residency and i was there for like four years trained my ear well and then dj city came and then kind of things fast forward but like I had to identify where the problem was and make sure I get myself out of that situation because you can easily get caught and, um, you know, you can make a, one bad mistake that'll screw your life. No, so definitely. I look at the polar opposite and look for the good good opportunities.
0: Yeah, they yeah. They come
1: at us and, you know, just
0: make sure you grab on for that ride. Yeah, well, I mean, first off, that's a crazy story. <laughs> Second off, what I, what I always tell people, I'm like, getting in trouble is easy. Anybody can do it. Anybody can get in, Anybody in trouble. Anybody do it. You can do it well. You can be really good at it. Not yeah. saying that there's a, a, a good carrot at the end of the... And the line there but um, and this is actually a good segue because it's kind of a similar structure of how we like uh, end each episode is I feel like um, it's probably a product of all your experience but I feel like you guys are doing a good job educating education um, is important. educating people and and we went to your beyond music retreat yeah. and something I really took away and we had a couple of our guys up there too uh, was there's a keynote talking about um, educating and it was uh, I forget who, I want to say Vice was up there and, and uh, God, what's his name from here? Very, very veteran DJs were talking about uh, the health and wellness and being in it for as long as they have and how it, it can take a toll on you physically, mentally, all that. Um, but but it's it's it was good to hear that they're starting or your guys' brand is starting to educate people on more than just the music, they're educating on, on the culture, on the pitfalls, on, like, the trouble you can get in and all that. And I think to come full circle and, like, in a unique way asked this last question is you know there is probably the biggest pool of people who want to get into the entertainment industry yeah specifically too like I you know I've, I have two nieces and one of them she loves music she wants to like I, I feel like I hear her or her friends they want to DJ and do that like that was not something talked about when I was growing up that you wanted to be you wanted to be an astronaut or a basketball player or all that so you have this, uh, uh, people who are wanting to get in the entertainment industry in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, Is in your experience, if that person's out there, that's like in the early days, the going to bed at three just to be at the station at seven, what is your, like, what is your uh, easiest consolidated advice for, for these people out there that are trying to get started and wanna make a career or, or, or life out of it?
1: Good question. Um, I would say the most important thing uh, is to, it's just to listen. Because you'd be surprised how many people don't listen to what's in front of them. Like, you might be around an amazing producer, an amazing office assistant, someone that understands what the business is. And because you're so focused on your particular goal, you're not really paying attention to what's around you. You mm-hmm. know, I, I I get so much. <laughs> I'll give you another one, then another kind of cool story. This is a, not a bad one. It's a good one. Um, <laughs> I was in... Um, I'm lucky enough now where people kind of ask me, they want to ask me questions and I love to share. Cause I, when I was younger, I wished people shared stories with me. Cause I feel like I learned more from people's experiences than a, a book. You yeah. know what I mean? I, I learned way more from talking to people. And I was in, um, I had this kind of route where I had to go to, there was a school in Colombia. It's a beautiful school. Um, they, they're in Medellin, uh, AOS, uh, AOS. They, they, basically there are five stories of production uh music theory djing um and they they're an incredible institution and they were like we follow dj city as a brand we want you to come down and just hang out maybe talk to the kids and just like look at our our, what we're building and i was like down i want to go to columbia sounds amazing but i had just uh scheduled a separate meeting i always take advantage of where i'm at so if there's something regionally I can do that kind of helps us grow, I'll take advantage of the time. So I set up a separate meeting a couple of days later in Peru, and then after that I had to jump to a conference in um, Atlantic City. Uh, it was a DJ conference, and they invited me to speak for the station. So I was doing DJ City business here, and then station business there. So mm-hmm. I went to um, Colombia, met people, and at DJ City we're known for clubs and remixes and edits. And we and one of our partners had uh, licensed the Puro Party brand. It's, a, it's a, you know, that brand is owned by uh, Vice and Big Scythe Deluxe Echo. They own that brand. Mm-hmm. It's one that I grew up on. I always loved that it. it's it's fun. We're like, yo, let's license it. We'll make Puro Party edits. So they created a, a production crew of DJs around the world that would make these kind of club fun edits and call it the Puro Party edits. And when I went to Columbia, I ran into one of the guys that made the edits. And I was like, oh, your edits are really dope, dude. Um, his name's Toms. T H O M B S. Like, Tomes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, He's like, yo, I'll show you around. I'm from a different part of Colombia, um, but I'll, I'd love to just kind of show you what I'm overbuilding and blah, blah, blah. was like down. And as I was just hanging, we'd have lunch, and I was talking to the instructors and the people that had really invited us. Tones would always, like, chime in a, a nice little nugget. And I was like, oh, that's really mm. sharp observation. Like, you're a pretty sharp kid, you know? So then one day we're hiking. They're showing me the cities. I love to see the cities when I'm walking around and traveling. And he told me his story of how he wanted to get into the music industry, and he he took music theory classes, he learned piano and production, and his family was like against it. And so to the point where he had to kind of like, you know, I think he had to like sleep in the streets, just to like try to succeed and take the classes and become what he wanted to be. So I really knew he came from like a very humble kind of beginning, and the fact that he was with me for like three or four days, and it was really sharp. I was like, you're more than just someone that makes drum edits, like yeah. you're really sharp. I was like, and interestingly enough, I'm, I'm trying to build DJ City Latino, cause I'm just like Latin, but uh, I've done the UK, I've done Japan, and I so when I say, uh, I've seen, I mean the team, we've all done it together. Um, I was like, but I haven't tapped into Latin America. It's huge, it's, it's a lot of different dialects and cultures and sounds. I was like, it's a big undertaking, so let me take my time with that. But I was like, I have a, a DJ City Latino director in the States but they're more Americanized as far as what we like to hear. And that's actually what I like to play, the mm-hmm. States version. But when you go to different countries, there's regional music, there's salsa, menengue, cumbia. There's all these styles that they're not going to get in the States, but they'll get them down here. So I was like, I need to kind of find a team that helps me build that out. And he was like, I'll do anything to be that guy. Like, mm-hmm. I'll be the guy that helps you curate music and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, really? Like, you, anything? He's like, all right, let me put you in. The- <laughs> and he's like, all right, let's, let me put you in the- All right it's wednesday i have a meeting on friday in peru we're in colombia i'll buy you a ticket to meet me in peru and run with me listen chime in when you need to and then if you're really down um, i'll take you to the states with me and just be a part of that just be a a fly on the wall see what you pick up and then when we're done with these kind of trips um, tell me what you learn he's like "We're we're in medellin i'm from bogota which is like you know, if I had to kind of guess, it's like L.A. to Frisco or something like that, mm-hmm. eight-hour difference. He's like, I, I'm like, I got to be in Peru tomorrow, so I'll get you the ticket if you can if you can meet me. And he's like, my passports in Bogota, and I was like, well, what are you gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I'll go to Bogota right now. I was like, go to Bogota. You'll have a ticket waiting for you in the Bogota airport, and you could fly and meet me in Peru. He's like, down. So you drove that night, six eight hours. Wow. You drove, boom. He gets to Bogota, gets gets his passport, jumps on the flight, meets me in Peru. I was like, oh, you made it. Congrats. (laughs) Let's hang out. Let's let's talk ideas. Tell me about the cultures, blah, blah, blah. So we're talking things about the the, the food, the music, the culture in Chile and Argentina and Peru and things that I want to know about that you can tell he knows culturally what I'm looking for. And I was like, "All right, cool, let's go to um, the States. So we jumped to the States. We get to the States and I'm giving a, a, I'm having a conversation. He's sitting in the audience. He's taking notes. He's excited to even be around. Mm -hmm. And I know that energy. I know the excitement. And I was like, "Um, you know, thanks for hanging. Uh, I got to go back to LA. He's like, yo, can I come to LA? I'm like, yeah, down, come. And he stayed in LA and he hung out in the DJ city office for like two weeks. And I was like, and then he went home, you know, we had a great time and he felt like his life had like changed. He's like, I found my calling, my passion. And all it took was for me to be like, well, let me see if you're really into it and just give you an opportunity to be around and tell me what you learned. And he he taught me so much from what he saw. I love seeing it from a different lens. There's even a part two to this. He introduces me to a guy um, who is uh, Vladimir Vlats. And he's uh, a photographer. And he's like, meet my guy. He he just moved into the States. Uh, He's from uh, Medellin also, or Colombia, or from Bogota, maybe. He's like, he wants to work with us. He's like, he'll do anything. And I like those kind of people. I like those people that just have that oh, hustle, yeah. that hunger. And so by the time Tom's landed, by the time Tom's went and got his passport, I was like, all right, you're it. I already knew he was it. Yeah. I was like, I just kind of go through the motions, and I need you to kind of earn it and work with me and teach me something. By the time he landed, I was like, I'm going to give you a budget. You're going to find your own crew. I'm going to give you a salary, and we're going to build this out. And he's to this day, he's the best Latin DJ city director wow, I've ever found. Man. So the other guy, though he introduced me to was his his kind of guy that he was doing little videos with and um again this is where i get lucky to do really cool things that i want to be a part of and bring people into um i had done um a couple of ladies link ups with i gave it to some of the ladies that work with us i'm like yo here's a space it's protected here's a budget create your own movement see what you want to do because i i'd realized we were doing link ups hangouts yeah yeah and everybody started copying them but I was like, you're, you're all missing half the planet, which is women. I was like, it's mm-hmm. a bunch of dudes here. Like get a bunch of <laughs> girls here. Like girls are great DJs too. And so we started with like maybe 12. It was a great little hang a good success. And people loved it, we got really good feedback. We did it again like a month or two later and it was like maybe 30 girls, local LA girls that came by, DJs. Then I did it like with the team like four or five months later in a downtown LA um, spot. And they catered everything. It was themed out. It was amazing, actually. And it was 130 girls that showed up. I was like, wow, there's a whole Jesus. culture here that nobody's paying attention to. And here you go. There's an opportunity for for, for you guys to have your own moment. But the but part of the story that's interesting is the guy, Vladimir, who I'd met months earlier, he was always hanging around the office. And he's like, I'll just take pictures of you. I'll take pictures of the staff. I don't care. I just want to be around. He had this like really cool energy about him, always like, smiling. And uh, he was like, when the the the, the, the third lady zinc up i was like oh i need a photographer oh there's that kid and he was like i'll do anything i was mm. like hey do you want to come take some pictures i'll give you a couple hundred bucks and he's like down it was like eight to ten or eight to nine or something or i forget what the hours were so we he comes by and, and he uh he takes pictures he's, he's he's great to be around respectful you know thankful always smiling and i just loved his energy and his hustle and i was like hey dude what are you doing tomorrow he's like What do you need? I was like, actually, you got to go to Vegas because we're doing a radio room for Sirius for the Latin Grammys. Mm. And I need someone to just record the content. He's like, I'm there. I was like, cool. I get you a ticket, fly with me at 7 a.m., meet me there at 8, and we'll come back that evening. He's like, down. So Vladimir flies with me, records like 30 interviews, right? Remember, this is last minute. I just hired him to do that. He jumped into the next one. He does these interviews with like Crisco Kid, the guy that works for the station, Disco Drew, my partners. And these are like, I really respect those guys cause they're veterans in the, in the radio game. So I, I learn a lot from them yeah. and we did a great production. Amazing artists came through, incredible artists at the highest levels. We finished our shift and we fly home and Vladimir's is like, I'll get this to you like in a day or two, all the pictures, all the content, blah, blah. I was like, great, thanks for coming. Make sure you get paid and thanks for being here. Maybe i don't hear from him for like 24 hours like the third date there's a zip folder there's all my stuff i'm like this guy is amazing he really works really hard come to find out later i was like um were you tired or what he's like i hadn't slept in like three days i'm like why he's like well aside from taking pictures from you guys i drive an uber and then i work at a donut shop from 10 p.m till 6 a.m
0: oh my god
1: so i was like so you would work at night Drive in the afternoon and you take pictures for us and never tell us? He's like, Yeah, I just wanted to work and be around. I was like, How much do you make in the donut shop? And he's like, XX. I'm like, Boom, you're hired. You never work there again. You're working with us moving forward. He's like, Oh my God, this is like my dream. I was like, But he had already kind of proven himself to be that hustler, that hungry oh, kid. Sure. And now I got two incredible people that are incredibly talented in their skill set, but also appreciate the job. And all I had to do was kind of walk yeah, them out. Yeah. And now, they're probably some of those recognizable names within our industry. So it's like, I love seeing stories like that and being a part of the, the, the group that gets to give those opportunities. Because they're gonna then do it to someone else. You know yeah. what I mean? So when it comes to the music industry, the short answer is listen. Because yeah. I listened to that kid as he was yeah. trying to make something out of himself when we were having lunch. And I listened to that photographer as he was like, I want to do anything. And I was like, I look for people like that. And if they kind of really show the hustle, and my best thing about that whole experience is neither of them complained yeah yeah it's just thankful
0: yeah and you didn't even know the one kid i didn't that even had know all that talent and all those jobs you know what i mean so i mean that's the first time we've had it, i mean not one but two stories to answer the question that are just perfectly <laughs> like perfect stories hmm. but i think i think I, uh, that's both listening but it's also hard work like both those hustle both those work work their ass off which is great yeah, to hear and i love them but um man yeah
1: this is great Fun stories.
0: That's why I, it's been a while that I actually had to tell surgeon. I'm like, hey, give me the give me the wave, because I knew like, oh my God, I could spend hours.
1: No, talking. I love it. And uh, I love it because I know what you're going after, and I'd love to see you guys build it out. So if I can throw a couple nuggets here and there, absolutely, know, I'm thankful man. for that.
0: I think we're throwing nuggets all around. So <laughs> it, uh, man, this was my pleasure. It was my pleasure. Thank <laughs> you for coming on. Thanks I know for the invitation. Got dinner, dinner meetings and plans, and you're probably yeah. jet setting out. But uh, thank you. This no, has been great.
1: It's a pleasure. Thank you guys for inviting me and much continued success. Awesome. Cheers, my
0: brother. Appreciate you.